0: join us with Only King Forever. Y'all may be seated.
2: Good morning. There is no movie night tonight. (laughs) A little louder. Oh. Due to the COVID-19 and state regulations and so forth and so on, we're on goofy schedules right now. And so there'll be no movie night. And because of the cancellation of the movie night, There'll be no youth group because the youth group was joining us at the movie night. So some of you old guys like me can take out a pencil and paper. Here's your instructions or depend on your bride. You're to stay at home, gather friends and acquaintances, neighbors, whatever you feel good about, and watch a movie together and eat things that you're not supposed to. (laughs) <laughs> and t- take snapshots of it and put it on Liberty Lakes website. Ben, you look horrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, I, you know, UHF is a good one. Shaolin Soccer is very good. I mean, they're they're really funny movies if you want to laugh. Get those snapshots, put them online so that everybody else can see your fellowship. And it's an opportunity to maybe uh, go next door and invite your neighbors and so forth. The true hope is in Jesus Christ, not the governor. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Men's breakfast, Saturday, August 8th at 8 a.m. But if you think you're a cook or can cook, show up at 7.30 to assist. And then... Are you teaching, Alan? Okay. Be there. We're going to feed you. Nursery will be opening for ages 0 to 4 on a soft opening, the 9th and the 23rd. So we're going to kind of give it a try, give it a go, and see how it works. So um, it'll be an opportunity like for Grandma to drop Sean off to have supervision during church. And then Kids Rock same thing we're shooting at september but we're not positive so just kind of tuck it in the back of your head uh these these are these are tough times and it's hard to schedule something so just so you know and check the website uh you can uh, call julie at the church if you're concerned about something or want to do something or forgot something or want to know how things are going down and if things have changed all righty Won't you join us for Man of Sorrows?
3: May be seated. I want to remind you, if you don't have uh, stuff for communion this morning, we have them sitting right over by Julie back in the corner. So uh, feel free to grab them. Or if, if you're not up and uh, able to get there, just pop your hand up real quick and we'll make sure that you get something for communion this morning. Don's right. It is a little challenging. The, the circumstances have been unique. And uh, one of the reasons that we have uh, we actually chose to cancel the the movie night was because we felt like it was a very important movie. It's called Overcomers. And we wanted to wait for a time where we could get as many people as possible. And we know a lot of our family right now is still staying home um, and watching online. And we just felt like it would be better used to save that movie um, to do that as a congregation, as a family, when we can get more people here. So that was one of the reasons that we um, opted to to wait. Can you imagine being the disciples? I just, I love thinking through this process. When they come to this passage of scripture, as Paul recounts what Jesus told him about the night that he was betrayed, here are the disciples sitting around having the Passover meal with their Messiah, with their, with their rabbi, and he starts talking about his body being, uh, the, the, being offered up and the, the bread representing his body, which is given for them, his blood, the blood of the sacrifice that's establishing a new covenant. Can you imagine how confused they had to have been at that moment as they're listening to Jesus talk and then walk through the events of that evening and into the next couple of days? I can only imagine that they were really struggling with that whole picture. And yet you and I get to come many, many years later and see the results see the eyewitness testimony that we see in the the New Testament, and celebrate today as we remember the, the, the body and blood of Jesus that has paid the price, that has established the new covenant for you and for me to live with hope and to live with joy and confidence in the midst of any circumstance. What a great privilege it is to get to do this this morning. Paul says in 1 Corinthians Uh, chapter 11, verse 23, he says this, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we might not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come to eat together, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. About other things, I will give direction when I come. Paul reminds us that this process is is important, and we're coming before the Lord this morning. And he challenges us to evaluate our own lives and see if if there's things in our lives that we're neglecting to apply to the truth of scripture and to take care of that business even this morning before we take communion. so I want to take just a moment um, and ask that you would quietly and personally contemplate just your maybe just take this week this this morning even but just go before the Lord this morning and and ask him to Reveal in your own heart as I will do the same. If there's anything that we would need to confess or get right with Him today, from attitudes to
4: actions, let's judge our own hearts correctly before we take communion this morning. Heavenly Father, I am grateful that you
3: know me well. You created me and, and uh, you know my weaknesses and my, my failures. You know when I'm not trusting you, when I'm angry about the, the things that are happening around me, especially when I get my eyes off of you. And so Lord, I, I confess even this morning that I've been struggling this week to, to really keep my eyes on you not get distracted by the world or by my own physical um, issues in life. And uh, what a great reminder as we come to the table of your sacrifice, Lord Jesus, in dying on the cross for us, offering your body and your blood as the new covenant that by the grace of God brings us as enemies and sinners to right relationship with you. So, Father, help us to see that, to celebrate it today, and to recognize the beauty of this gift that is in this time together. In your name,
4: amen. heard some of you opening it up. If, give me a second here as I pop mine open, and we will take.
3: The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks...
4: He broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take it. And in the same
3: way, also he took the cup after supper, saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat
4: this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Roy, would you close us in prayer?
5: Father, in our minds, we understand that Communion is not a ritual, but we are guilty of having made it that too many times. Communion is a relationship, it's the proclamation of a relationship that you established. So, Father, I I just claim that for everyone here right now and everyone who's listening online. We claim a relationship with you, Jesus Christ. Reclaim the strength and the power and the freedom that comes from that relationship with you. And so, Father, I just pray for all of us, again, all here, all who are listening, Lord, that we would live in that power, that we would live in the promises that come with it. We would know hope. Lord, we would know the inheritance to which we've been uh, called and given. And we would live it with truth, with honor, and in thanksgiving to you. So bless us, Lord, please, in that way. Let us stand and walk in you. You are the only way. You are the answer. So, Father, I pray that mightily here, that you would bless this congregation in that way, through this remembrance of you and communion. Thank you, Lord. We pray in Christ's name.
1: Absolutely.
0: you are in in every manner of the word. Um, You've been uh, revealing to me through a a personal study book of mine of your name, uh, how you revealed it. And more than just your name, uh, you revealed your character uh, to Moses in Exodus, where you said that you are gracious and compassionate, and slow to anger, and um, you're not willing to look over any sin. And Father, I thank you for sending your son and that uh, he poured out his blood for us and thought of us. And I just pray that we would, um, uh, our ears within our spirit and our hearts would just be open to what your word has to say uh, through Shane today. And um, that uh, we would not listen to his words, but that we would listen to you through your holy word
4: and by the guiding of your Holy Spirit. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't you guys love getting old?
3: Comes with so many great privileges though. But that and pain, right? I uh I saw Craig out there carrying his brace. Um you guys know he didn't get in a fight, right? Um well he did, but he, it was with hornets. And uh and so I was um I was feeling sorry for myself earlier this week because I got stung by a like a baby bumblebee and um it just hurt and it was aching and the seven hour I walked in and I saw him like, Great, I can't even have that story today. So now I'm kidding. Isn't it amazing though? And uh we wake up and, and we have pain and, and and when we go through life and finding ways to be joyful and celebrating and, and and extolling God and being thankful and all of these things. Um and it's it's just it's a real privilege and a pleasure um, to share this time and do this with you as a body and and with you as a family. So, um, thanks for being here. And I know uh, we've I've been interacting with people who are online watching us, and and they're just they're not ready to come back yet uh, for health reasons and and family concerns. And so, um, I, it was just a good reminder to me because I tend to forget when I see your face. I'm like, ah, we're all back together, but we're not. And and uh, so. I it just, it's it's a privilege to do this and to be here. Any of you guys ever had that argument or that discussion with somebody where they lobbed out the thing, don't you know who I am? Anybody had one of those where you were talking to somebody really important that you, like somehow you missed it and they had to defend themselves and express their concern about your lack of knowledge of their importance? So a few of you have. Okay. Um. To the best of my knowledge, I haven't ever said that. If somebody has heard me say that, please feel free to let me know because I will apologize. Um, But it's interesting, isn't it, when we get into the culture of uh, of religion and we're going to focus on religion the world the world promotes this idea of of being at the top and having an identity and having value based on our identity and the things that we do that that defines us right either um it, you know either we have a political power or we have social uh, they call it influence now i guess uh, they actually have a title for social media people or they're, they're called influencers and so based on the number of people following them, they gain a certain amount of prestige because of their influence that they have. And then we have athletes and we have all kinds of different people who, who, who by, their, by the number of people following them, have influence. And therefore, they assume power and authority and, unfortunately, value. It, it, it implies value or creates value for them. And unfortunately, the, the church is not far from that. The, the re- religion is not far from that, right? Uh, we watch this happen over and over and over again. We're going to see it today in the text. Um, but I think we see it happen even in, our, in, in the modern church. Um, I don't know how many of you guys have ever seen this, but uh, I remember growing up that the pastor had the, a parking spot with a sign on it that says pastor parking right in the front of the church like it was the closest to the front door. Not sure if that was so he could get away quick or if he was just an invalid and couldn't get to the door. But why would a pastor have the front parking spot? Just think about that from the scope of what Jesus said about what it means to be the greatest in the kingdom. We're going to look at a little bit of that today. That's not the focal point, but the idea of this uh, of having preference and and taking the place of honor and in those kind of things, Jesus directly goes after today with the scribes, and he's cautioning the people. He's cautioning his disciples and those who are listening to not follow suit as they do. Unfortunately, far too often, I think in our modern church, the, the idea of pastor or leader or elder in the church has gone to our heads. And people do things with that authority or with that perceived authority at times in, in, with wrong motives and wrong intentions, and it's unfortunate. I really don't know how we get off on that. Servant of all, has I have a hard time seeing be the most important in the church. Just to me, those don't go together. So You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Please come and tell me how important I am later. But I don't see how those correlate in the text. I just don't see it, and I don't know how as a culture. We've gotten to the point where some pastors are superstars, and it makes no sense to me at all. Well, I guess it does from a pride standpoint. But from a biblical truth standpoint, it just seems to be completely off base jump in the text with me this morning mark chapter 12 verses 38 through 40 we're we're getting to the end of the teaching time of jesus we pretty soon he's going to start he's going to turn to the end times exciting things are coming you guys it's going to be all kinds of fun to study through but this is one of the times where um, a a couple of weeks ago alan was teaching on uh, the greatest commandments and it said that the remember that said that the leaders they stopped asking them questions because jesus's responses were so profound they kept he just kept shutting them down and they're like okay we're done. We're we're not going to stick our necks out anymore. So Jesus begins to then just go and start directly teaching, directed, I mean, at them, uh, at their example, teaching them the truth of the word of God. And this is one of those times. And we see that starting in Mark chapter 12 uh, in verse 38. And in his teaching, he said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces. And have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts. Who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation.
4: Do I really need to say anything about that? I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory,
3: right? All right, well, let's pray and we're done. Seriously, I mean, look at what the Word says. What is, what's not clear about what's happening here? Uh, Jesus is warning the church, warning his, the followers, not the church It will become the church, it's, it's the church for us, but he's warning his disciples to beware of their example, and he points out their physical behavior. What are they doing? They like long robes. I guess that was a thing back then. It meant something of, uh, of importance for them to have long robes. They liked greetings in the marketplaces. Do you guys walk around when you see people, and you're like, do you greet them based on their
4: importance in the in their culture or with titles? Like, no, yeah, no. Anybody? You know, I used to not. Uh, I actually
3: don't like Pastor Shane. Um, and I know some of you do that out of respect, and I, I'm, I'm okay with that. But you know why I don't like pastor, Shane? Um, it's because a lot of people have a wrong view of pastor. A lot, a lot of people see pastors as being elevated in the church, as being authorities or being, being raised up as having more importance. Or somehow, some people even think that somehow I'm closer to God than you are, which is hilarious. Have you ever heard me preach? This, I'm as messed up as anybody else. I have as many problems as all the rest. There's nothing about my life that's closer to Jesus. I happen to have the privilege of being set aside to study and to challenge and encourage us to pursue the Word of God. That's the whole point, is that hopefully when we leave today, you're going to go, oh my goodness, I need to go read that more. My, my hope is that you don't walk away from this saying, whew, good, I'm glad I'm done for the week. I got my teaching for the week. That's not the point ever of a Sunday morning. But here are the, here the scribes, they're walking around looking for the public greetings. They're, they're, they're wandering in their lives looking for the praise of men, for the appreciation of men.
4: They want titles and prestige because of who they are. There's a temptation for that for me.
3: I'm fortunate that I struggle to pass any of the title prestige classes. So it's helped to relieve some of the pressure to try and pursue titles and prestige. In fact, one of my greatest compliments was that I did not represent the pastors well in a church one time because I wore jeans and a t-shirt to work in the middle of the week. The middle of the week, people. I wore jeans and t-shirts, a jeans and a t-shirt to work at a church. And because of
4: my looks, I was not a good representation of the pastors of that church. That should scare us. Are we pursuing titles and prestige as Christians? Are we
3: pursuing that in our, in our own gathering? You know, one of the great privileges that I have in this church is working with three elders who have no desire to have the title. There are men that that would gladly give it up if God said, I want somebody else there. And it's a great joy to serve and to pray with men who have that realization in their hearts and in their minds. We're going to look at this idea. It's funny that he says the best seats in the synagogue and the places of honor. Jesus really addresses this, and we're going to look at this in Luke here in just a moment. But I think it's interesting that, on top of wanting the titles and the prestige, and they want the praise of men and they want to be noticed by men, they also are de- despising the word of God and living lives of pretense. Did you see that in verse 40? It says, Who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. So they're not taking care of widows the way that they're called to in the Bible, they're not doing what God's called them to do in loving those who are in need and caring for the widows they're they're not doing that at all in fact they're consuming their possessions and taking them and then for a pretense they pray long elaborate prayers i remember a time in my life as a young believer that i would listen to people pray and it was in youth group and it was intimidating to try
4: and pray because i had short prayers like god thanks for the food today Or Lord, I need help in
3: this area in my life. And I had other people who prayed long and elaborate prayers and I thought to myself, man, I'll never be like that. How how can they be? How can they pray that way? The most devastating moment was one of the interactions when, when you actually ran into somebody that wasn't at the church and you realized that it was just a facade
4: in that particular moment. Now the beauty of the American church, and the beauty of what God
3: gave me in my upbringing was I got to see godly men who prayed from a relationship, and it's drawn me to pray at times um, in a more intimate way, and it's been a great thing, but if the reason or how we pray is so that other people will watch us and hear us and be impressed, what a dangerous thing. Look in Luke chapter eleven, starting in verse thirty-seven. Jesus sees this with the Pharisees, and he begins to address some of the Pharisee issues. We're actually, you can, if you have a way of marking that, we're going to come back to Luke here shortly. We'll be in in uh, chapter fourteen, actually, two different spots. Luke has a lot to say about Jesus' uh, interaction with the Pharisees, and and we're going to look at those. But Luke chapter eleven, verse thirty-seven says this. While Jesus was speaking a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at uh, and reclined at the, at the table. The Pharisees were astonished to see that he did not first wash before dinner. And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside, cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give us alms those things that are within, and behold, everything for you is clean. Jesus is dealing directly with this, this pretense, this religiousness, this appearance of, of, of righteousness that the Pharisees put on, and yet inside they, they didn't belong to the Lord, their hearts did not belong to the Lord. And Jesus is pointing this out, Give to God what, what's on the inside. Let that be your act of worship. Let that be how you praise and honor and serve the Lord, not just with your physical deeds, but also with a heart that follows. Jesus is warning his people to beware of the scribes, the ones who want titles and prestige, those who despise the word of God and live a life of
4: pretense. You guys, cannot be us? hey, class, we're not going on until we get some response here. This is an
3: interactive thing. Can that be us? It absolutely can. We should be careful. We should be aware of this. This is a reality that can infect the church because it's the heart of man that wants to be elevated, that wants to be exalted, that wants prestige and honor, wants all of these things. And we know when we read the scripture that we want to follow the Lord too, and we're conflicted by the conflict that happens in our own hearts. And the danger is, is that we would actually follow their lead. And that's what Jesus is challenging his followers, challenging the disciples, beware of these scribes and do not follow their lead. But what, he tell, what has he been teaching them to do? We're going to look at a couple of those things. The first thing that we'll see is in Philippians. Paul does a great job of this, of teaching us what it looks like to not follow the lead of, of, of fleshly, self-righteous people who are living for titles and prestige or living a life of pretense, this religiousness, but rather to live like Christ did and to follow His example. In Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says this, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth,
4: and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The lead
3: that we follow is what God, what Jesus himself did, and that is that we humble ourselves, we, we allow ourselves to be humbled and, and to take a right position than that of servant. Even Jesus himself, who is equal to God, did not grasp that, but he gave it up to
4: come and die for you and me, to die for the world, who were what? His enemies and Sinners and broken people. You know the world's still full of that? Many of the people that I have been angry at this last week are living in complete bondage to sin. Yes, I've been a little convicted about my attitude.
3: Because am I living like Jesus? Am I living in complete humility, putting others' needs ahead of my own? Look at what Jesus says in Luke chapter 14. Verse 7. He's again at a wedding feast, and he's interacting with with those who invited him uh, to this this dinner. And he says this in Luke chapter 14, starting in verse 7. Now he told a parable to those who were invited, when he noticed how they chose the place of the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus is, I believe, he's, he's pointing towards the great wedding feast of the end times, and that the greatest in the kingdom will be the least, and the least in the kingdom will be the greatest. And that should be our goal, is to follow Jesus' lead and take humility over honor, to pursue humility in our own lives over that of honor. Which is exactly
4: the opposite of what the scribes were doing. Isn't the challenge in this, how how do we not
3: follow the lead of religious leaders who are pursuing the wrong stuff? First of all, we've got to know what the right stuff is, right? Right? We've got to know what that is. So it's going to be very important. If we're not going to follow religious leaders who are not leading us, who are not leading well, who are not following well, we need to know what following well looks like. We need to be in the Word of God. It's important to know that reality. Because in my own flesh, I love the idea of being important. Do you guys know that in my, in, in my dreams, in, in most of my dreams, I'm the hero? I know that shocks all of you. Um, but it's what it is. As it, it, somebody's having a bad day and I'm showing up to rescue them. Now, it's probably why I loved being an EMT. Because it was one of the things that I got to do that was, that was exhilarating and amazing was to show when, when people were having their worst day and be part of the solution. And I loved it, and it was something that I, I I really enjoyed. And and that sounds horrible. I just I want to qualify this. I didn't enjoy that they were having a bad day. We actually wrestled with that as EMTs, going like a good day for us was a terrible for a lot of people. But it, the, people are going to have terrible days. We wanted to be the people that were there helping them. And so that, that was the heart that drove it. It wasn't that we wanted people to have a bad day. But how do we know when leaders are off? It's when we know when they're off by being in the Word. But I think one of the most important things that we need to do as believers, and I hope you can see this in the text this morning, is that we need to follow Jesus, not man. We need to be following Jesus, not men. Please do not rely on me for advice in your life. I don't mind giving you my opinion. I'll give you my opinion. That's not a problem. I'll be glad to give you my opinion. I love giving my opinion. You know why? Because I'm fond of my opinion. It influences a lot of my life. But what does that have to do with what God's doing in your life? You've seen some of my decisions. I share them with you from time to time on Sunday. They're not all good. Don't follow men. Follow Christ. Be in the word. Follow what he's directing us to do. Yes, we can do that together. The beauty of the church is that we walk together in this. We sharpen one another. We challenge one another. We help carry one another. But don't follow men. Rather choose to be served and not serve. That's one of the things that the 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 the, the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders of that day, they were po- positioning themselves above other people and, and taking the position of, of of elevated or exalted authority and and financial gain. They were doing all of that for the physical stuff. But what does Jesus say about this? I, I love this in Matthew. You, you have to see this in Matthew chapter twenty. I know we've read this before, but it's just so important that we get our heads around this when we start thinking about what it means to be Christ followers in today, especially now. Never before I ever have I heard so many people clamoring for uh, direction and so many people willing to jump out and give direction. The church itself is suffering, I, I think, an incredibly, uh, an incredibly dangerous disease right now. Everybody's running around looking for something, looking for somebody to be a leader, somebody to do something to, to set a path, to set a direction. And yet we have that direction but we just don't seem as a church as a whole church, we don't seem to be interested in going out and figuring it out for ourselves. We want to follow others and I, just I really want to challenge us today not to follow men. But look at what this says, look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 20. And this is about this idea of of taking taking the leadership and directing other people in their lives. But um, Matthew chapter 20, starting in verse 20. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. This is James and John. And he said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Say to these two sons of mine, uh, say that these two sons of mine are to sit. Uh, one at your right hand and one at your left hand. In your kingdom, Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. And he said to them, you will drink my cup. But to sit at my right hand and at my left hand is not for me, uh, not mine to grant. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared, been prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. Even the disciples themselves are struggling with the posturing of position and title and and, and prominence within the kingdom, right? We see that wrestling to the point where mama's showing up and helping them ask. The sons of thunder needed their mother to show up and help them ask for this. Why? Well, look at what the disciples, all the rest of them are like, hey,
4: you brought your mom. You see that? They're posturing
3: for position, for prestige and titles. They want the best spot because they think they're that good. And here Jesus says, you guys, it's not like that. Don't, you don't get it yet, but you will. I came to serve, not to be served. As your rabbi, as the Messiah, I'm here to serve, not to be served, even to the point of death.
4: Jesus specifically addresses uh, where
3: the Pharisees are, are missing some of this in Luke. Uh, back to Luke chapter 14, verse 12, this idea of, of pursuing the, the, the worldly possession of, of prestige and titles where Jesus gave it up and took the, the title of servant, of servant, the God of, of the universe John tells us that he was there in the beginning and nothing was made that was that was made that wasn't made by him he was there from the beginning of time and he took the position of a servant look at what Jesus says in Luke chapter 14 verse 12 he said also to the man who had been invited uh, who had invited him when you give a dinner or a banquet do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Jesus is challenging this particular uh, dinner, uh, the the host of this dinner, not to invite his rich uh, uh, influencer neighbors but to invite those who can't pay him back. Why? Because the things that he was doing at that time, the, the picture that we have painted here is that he was, he was inviting people that were of prominence and, and a position and that they would do the same to him and that would be all the reward that there was. But when they served those who could not repay him, when he actually became the servant of those who had nothing to give him back, he would find an eternal reward, something that was outside of the physical world. And so when we think about following Christ, we need to recognize that it's to serve others, not to be served, and that we will live with an eternal perspective, not an earthly perspective. Because many times in following Christ, we don't see the
4: immediate rewards here on this earth. In fact, how is it that he says that they'll drink the same cup that he'll drink? Because they're going to suffer like Christ suffered. Because following him is costly. Isn't it funny that following man is so much easier? Isn't that crazy? Even when it's false religion. Even when they, when they teach stuff that's
3: directly in opposition to Scripture. For whatever reason, that
4: it, we just tend to, to, to be like, I guess, bugs to a light. Jesus says that they will have greater condemnation. And, and why is there greater
3: condemnation? I believe that one of the key reasons is that they have the word and they're rejecting it. We've read passages before that talk about. The fact that, that we'll, there will be um, judgment based on what we know and will be held to account for what we know and, and all those things are true. That's why occasionally I joke about, hey, if you really don't want to hear this, you probably shouldn't listen because
4: if you hear it and then we're accountable for it, we're accountable for it. Now what do we do?
3: But here are the scribes. They have the Word of God. Their job is to get it right. That's their job. That's their spiritual and their, their career path is to be in
4: the, the Torah to get it right. And they rejected those truths. And so they were going to
3: receive greater judgment. You know, I, I want to be careful and I want to remind ourselves that they were following the teaching of men it was a cultural thing i just i think sometimes we can look at these poor guys these scribes and we can be so judgmental of them and and that's my heart is that we don't we don't look at them and look down on them for 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 the sin but we look at this and we 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 evaluate our own hearts so that we will look at look at this for ourselves and say man is this me is there anywhere in my life that I'm doing this particular thing? And when it comes to following the teaching of men, I really want to challenge all of you and myself as well in this particular area. You've got to see this in the text. It's it's part of the hope and the the, the promise of the new covenant of Jesus. But in Jeremiah chapter 31, um, I've been, I've just been really. It's funny how, I don't know if you guys have this every now and then, but certain books just grab a hold of my heart at different times. And, and right now, Jeremiah is the book that has just been wringing been my neck in a spiritual good way. It's just been really challenging me. And this particular passage is one of my favorites because of the prophetic nature of what it is, but also the hope that it gives for us today. Look at what this text says, Jeremiah 31, 31. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. for From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity,
4: and I will remember their sins no more. You guys, we got to wrestle with this reality. How many of you feel like when you get into the Bible,
3: you just can't get much out of it? It ends up being a real, a real discouragement or a real drag, a real challenge to study and to learn and to grow on your own. I, I know so many believers that tell me that 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 they read the text and it's just it's difficult for them to get anything out of the text. Do you, I I, I want to encourage you. I want to I want to challenge you to recognize that if you are a child of God, the new covenant that we see in Jeremiah is referenced for you and for me, that we don't need teachers in the sense that we have at this point where everybody's waiting for somebody like me to get up here and tell you what the Bible says. You should not wait to hear from me what the Bible says, ever. You should come here going, well, does that what it actually say? That's how you should show up on Sunday. In fact, you know what's really crazy? We go through books in sequence. So you know what we're coming up to next. You could actually go home and study this week and show up ready to judge and, and to, to, to parse out the word and be like, man, I'm not sure if he's on target with that one. It's, it, it really is important that you understand this reality of the prophecy of the new covenant. You don't need me to follow the Lord. You don't need to be in a Bible study to pursue Christ. It's good. They're wonderful things to have. It's important that we do that together. But you cannot be dependent on me for your spiritual growth. You cannot be dependent on other pastors or other teachers for your spiritual growth. That dependency comes from the Lord, and it comes from His Word. Now, what we do together as brothers and sisters is wonderful. God designed it that way. In fact, uh, uh, we'll see that. I think we'll see that some of that pointed out in Ephesians chapter 3, which is our our last passage this morning. But here's my challenge. Don't follow men. Follow Jesus. Get in the Word. Know the Word. Let that be what evaluates and what, what helps you determine what's right and what's wrong about what big talking heads say.
4: Especially the bald ones. Do not trust that everything I say is
3: accurate. I am human, and I make mistakes, and I, today I have a terrible headache, and I don't know, I think it's because my neck hurts. So whenever I get excited, the back of my head goes, Kr. I could say something wrong as we're going. I'm distracted. Be in the word, know the word, know the Lord. Jeremiah says that's the hope of the new covenant. That's what you and I get. I am nothing that you are not in Christ. Nothing. And neither is any other pastor. Not even the big ones. The ones that... Write Bible studies Or do commentaries. One of my favorite quotes, and I don't remember who it is because I don't care about who, it, who says it. Isn't that horrible? But he was being uh, approached by somebody that loved him and loved his teaching. And he, they were sharing with him how amazing this particular sermon was that he shared. And the the, the the pastor that had preached the sermon uh, asked the individual when was the sermon, and they said it was from like five years back or something like that. And he goes, well, you should throw it away because I'm probably wrong. And I thought, that is humility. You need to throw that away. What are you doing Listen to that? Go read your Bible. You should be in the Word today. Not listening to something that somebody said five years ago about something that, was happening for me and my, and that's part of, that's part of the challenge for us, right? Um, We thought, we've talked about, do we save recordings of, of your sermons? You know, we've talked about all that stuff because of the technology. And the reality is, is that uh, I honestly don't believe that there's a whole lot that comes out of my mouth that's for anybody later. God may be able to use it, but I don't believe that. I believe that this is for people later. The Bible. But what I say is what God's doing in my heart right now for us. And for us, how does that work? Because Any, anyway, however it works that we're going out and different people are in, whatever that is, but it, this isn't about, it's not about uh, having a, a record of all of the great sermons, which would be a small, that, the, one nice thing, Ryan, it'd be a small, be a small compilation. Um, but it's about now. It's about what God's doing in our hearts together as a family right here, right now. And that should be our focus. And your focus as a believer is to follow Christ, and it should be to hear from the Lord. It should be to hear from the Lord in prayer and in his word. Not from me. Not from anyone else. Have I said that enough? Are, are we getting that? Thank you. I, you guys, it's so important to me. This is so, so important to me. The temptation is to follow men, and men will lead us astray even with the best intentions. Jesus is who we can trust. His word is who we can trust. And that's where our dependence and our reliance should be upon. Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 7. Paul says this, This gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is for your glory. Paul says that his purpose on earth was to help teach this beautiful, amazing uh, uh, truth about who Christ is, so that the church... would share the manifold wisdom of God so that the church would reflect that reality. Not Paul. Don't be like the scribes who are pursuing titles and prestige and pursuing man's idea of value and purpose in life. But follow Jesus. Choose humility over honor. Choose servant over being served. Follow Jesus, look for him and for his wisdom in His word and trust him for that provision. You guys there's so much there is richness to be had in a relationship with God. It'll be dry bones if you're following men and pursuing religiousness. Pursue the Lord. Father, thank you again for your truth. Thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to not be distracted by this culture. Help us to not be distracted by the lies of the enemy, by by all of the chaos that's happening today. As your disciples were distracted by all the chaos that was happening around them at that time, But, Father, I pray that as you did for your disciples, for your followers, uh, through the power of the Spirit, you brought them to life in their faith and knowledge of you, and it changed their known world. And I pray, Lord, that you would do the same in our hearts today. That if we, by any chance, are following men or following religion, that, God, you would overwhelm our hearts, you would convict our hearts, you would transform our minds and put our eyes on you and on your word and that you would wake us up. for those believers, Lord, who are struggling to hear from you in their time in the word, I pray, Lord, that you would meet with them this week, that you would touch their hearts, open their ears, open their eyes, speak to them through your word powerfully that they would know that you exist, that they would see the reality of a relationship with you in real time. Give us a passion and a fire to pursue you every day. Not just when we need it. Or when we think we need it. In your name. Amen. Won't you join us for our
4: final song, So Will I.
1: out the wonder of life and as you speak Sky! So I could find it here If you left the grave behind you so
0: take these things to heart and just uh just receive those promises that you've clearly set out in all of creation clearly stating your greatness and your goodness and your sovereignty and uh I just pray um that you would continue to just put pressure on me father as you have been that uh ultimately the f- the final product would be that I'd be on my knees before you and uh I need your help even to do that because my pride desires me to stand. Um, But you want me to kneel and uh, help me in that, Lord. I believe. Help me in my unbelief. We love
4: you, Father, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Have a good week.